So my son got out today at 1130. He had an early release and my tires were low on one side. That seems to happen when it goes from hot to cold, you know, uh, one tire specifically goes down low. Now, back in the olden days, I never would have known and I would have driven, you know, without ever fearing that one tire pressure was slightly below the recommended PSI. But now with the fancy vehicles, it tells you, warning, warning, you know, somebody's going to hit you. You're getting ready to back into something, all this other stuff. And and so I saw, and it was just disturbing me that my back left tire was 27 PSI while the other tires were 42, 44, and 42. So I mentioned it to my husband last night and he got busy this morning and I was dozing in and out because this those releases really did, I guess, take a lot out of me and I needed more sleep. My right eye was completely closed. That's my tell, you know. <laughs> it's like, you know, she looks drunk. Okay, she needs more sleep. So I was getting ready to pick up my son and I had fallen back to sleep, which is not like me. And I was rushing to take a shower so I could smell fresh and go pick up my son. I'm like, oh my goodness, my back tire is still at 27. So I said, well, I know when I drive, it'll heat up and it'll go up a little bit. So it was up to 28. And I go pick up my son. I'm like, we have to go get air. And back in the olden days and in Williamsburg, Virginia, I don't know what it's like where you are, but you used to could stop and get air from just about anywhere didn't cost you a penny. Now it's a dollar fifty. So we pulled up and there was a man getting air. And just as he left, there was still time on his meter. So I was trying to teach my son a life lesson <laughs> about how to put air in the tire. So I'm like, come on, son, come on, get, get, get come on, hurry. We've got time. We'll get it for free. We'll get it for free. So I'm rushing trying to get to the pump. Now, this is like my first day up in days, right? And I'm going to get to the, the pressure thing. I go and I start short it to him. I said, now, now, when you push this in, this will show you how much pressure you've got, but just watch that little dial in there on the dash and tell me when it gets up. And I was doing it and I was trying so hard to teach him a life lesson. And we got up to 38 PSI and it ran out. And it was killing me because I'm like, ugh, this is the one tire that always goes low when the tire changes. And if it's 38 and the others are 42, 44, it will drive me nuts. So it cost me $1.50. My life lesson that was going to be free turned into $1.50. And then I thought, well, that's okay. I can use the vacuum for the rest of the time. Well, the vacuum wasn't sucking. And that's what she said. So on that note, yes, I'm cheap. But I also realized I don't do well with others. And I was trying to think if I could go back into the workforce, would they accept me? Because I don't think anybody would. And I was thinking about an incident because I, I had a conversation with a friend and she was talking about a comment that she had made at work that got her... Yeah, I heard my stomach growl. Did you hear my stomach growl? And um, she was talking about a comment that she had made via email at work and got in trouble for it. And I thought to myself, Land's alive. I 
I wouldn't last in today's society if I was allowed, if I was allowed back in to the workforce. Now, when I was in radio, I liked it because, well, I worked alone pretty much. I had a producer outside of my booth, but I got to go into a room with a glass window and people would come by and just watch you. You know, it was like I was in a fish tank, more more like a zoo exhibit. I was, oh my gosh, I'm a zebra, right? I'm an AWOL zebra. I was, I was being on exhibit and I didn't even know it. So ahead of my time, so truly ahead of my time. I could have had placards, AWOL zebra, come look, don't feed the AWOL zebra. That's what it should have said. But I absolutely loved it. And usually, you know, the people that would come by were the salespeople because they always wanted, you know, they always wanted you to promote something. Hey, well, will you promote this? Because they got in, you know, good with the people that they made lots of money for. <laughs> this seems to be the part of my life, doesn't it? That I I do the stuff that makes people money, but it never, it never makes me money. <laughs> what am I doing wrong? Now that I think about it, that's right. That's the way it was in radio. I was so grateful to be on the air that I, I mean, I'll tell you how bad it was. I, I was trying to do my budget. I'm going way off track here. I'm sorry. But I was, I was trying to, but I just thought of this story. I was, uh, <laughs> I'm not very good with math. And we got paid biweekly. So I figured that out. And I said, okay, well, that's every two weeks. So that's, tw- you know, 52 weeks in a year. So that's 26 pay periods a year. So... I tried to figure out my budget. This is when I was single and living alone. And I could never make ends meet. I could not understand. I'm like, I'm not wasting my money. What in the world? My car payment's super low. I've, you know, I've, 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 I've got roommates. I've got, what in the heck am I doing wrong? Well, come to find out, bi-weekly and every two weeks are two different things. Did you know that? So I was only getting 24 pay periods in a year, and I was giving myself 26, and it's so bad, because I was just telling my boss, I said, you know, I asked him for a raise, and he yelled at me one day, he said, I just gave you a raise, and I was like, no, sir, you did not, but, but thank you for your time, and my goal was, I just wanted to make 40 grand, that was my dream, to make 40 grand in a year, and before I left, I finally accomplished that, now, it's sad, because when I was growing up, my minimum wage uh, I got a raise and it was $3.35 when I worked at McDonald's. My son is working and his minimum wage is 11 So it's still to this day, 40 grand seems like a lot of money to me, but maybe in today's money it's not. But uh, anyway, that just shows you my piss poor math skills. But yeah, couldn't make ends meet because I was giving myself two pay periods I did not get. So back to making the salespeople money. They would always come to you and say, oh, please mention, mention my, you know, mention Dick, <laughs> fitting, uh, over there at the jewelry store for me. And then he would get some, you know, an extra sales thing, but I didn't get squat. And so that's when it came to, you know, if you're doing a live read, you get paid, you know, like $10 a live read. And then it was like $100 a live read. You go do, you know, uh, remotes, 
and you would get like $150 to go stand there for, you know, two, three hours to have people come up and talk to you. So, I mean, that, that was what your goal was. So, you know, you just didn't want to give stuff away for free, but the salespeople always wanted you to, to do that. So, and, and again, I made no money story of my life. So what I would do is I'd always keep my on air button on and that way, when they walked by, they would try to come into the control room and I'd have to just kind of put my hand up. My producer would be like, no, she's on air. But they'd hear a commercial running. So I would like move my mouth like I was really talking to somebody, <laughs> which I wasn't. But because I, I did, you know, I did talk radio. So I did a lot of call-in shows where people, oh my gosh, that's what we need to do. I, my husband is on it now. My husband is part of AWOL Zebra. Because he's like, I want to be a part of this. And I'm, he's like, I've lived this with you and I want to help you. So I'm very grateful for the support. Truly am. And he can help me. We'll figure out a way. I think it would be fun to do call-ins. You know, we'll do them at all different times. And that way you can call in and we can chit-chat. You know, maybe you can gripe about something. Something like that. We'll figure out something. But that would be so neat because I'm so used to call-in radio. And people would call in and... They would sell their items. I did a show called Buy, Sell, or Trade. You know, we do talk radio, you know, do politics and stuff like that. And 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 do commentary and interview politicians and entertainers and stuff like that. But my favorite part was the Buy, Sell, or Trade because people would call to sell things. One of my favorite was this guy called in and he was selling vacuum cleaner yard art. And I was like, what is vacuum cleaner yard art? And he took like an old Hoover and, you know, back when the bags were bags or it was like a, I don't know, like a canister-like thing and it would cut it in half and he put dirt in it and then have flowers and it was a vacuum. And that's what he sold on my show. And it was, it was great. Flea markets called in. One time somebody called in and uh, advertised a bike and then three phone calls after the person called to tell me that was my bike that was stolen from me. And then the police were down at the station, you know, making sure I had nothing to do with it. You know, just asking me, could, I, could they have the number of the person, you know, that, that was selling the bike. So, oh, I was a crime fighter. I just realized that. A crime fighter, too. Da, 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 da. <laughs> yeah, right. But anyway, yeah, I just talked on the radio. But I enjoy talking with people. So that would be neat if we could do that. I would love to be able to chat with y'all. So I would pretend that I was on the air and keep the on-air button on so I didn't have to talk to them because I didn't want to have to, you know, promote something for them. And I, and I didn't really know how to mingle. And the, you know, station owner's ex-wife who slept her way well, you know, I don't work there anymore. I can say that. She slept her way to the general manager position because she was the secretary and she knew nothing about radio, mind you. Nothing about radio. And she was the general manager. And I think she just thought that, I don't know, I was too simple, maybe. I don't know if I was, um, I don't know. I, I just felt like I was a regular person and you know, I didn't, 
I, I, I didn't fake the funk. I mean, whatever it is, whatever you say now, I just was who I was. And that's what I was doing on the air, just being me. And this was my dream job. So every day, I, you know, one day I was going in late and that's when I saw my son's name up on the side of the parking garage, which, you know, never happened. One day out of all those years, one day it was 5.42 a.m. and I was late. I remember the day and the time because that did not happen. It was a privilege, just like the judge told me in court. It is a privilege to drive in the state of Virginia, not a right. You will never speed again. And by God almighty, <laughs> I drive like Miss Daisy. So it was a privilege for me to be on the air. It didn't matter if I was making squat. I could work seven days a week. It did not matter. There was no break too small. I pop in for the last 20 seconds to give a station ID. You're listening to, and I won't even say the call words, AM, ba ba ba. It's 1252 on ba da 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 da. And I'd be so proud. I do a weather break. I do a. It did not matter. If I just had to pop on and say, station ID, boom, that was it. I absolutely loved it. But I think I was too simple for the general manager. And, uh, you know, la di da. And I was on the air and. I popped out one time and a listener had showed up and they were there for another station because uh, there was five stations in on the floor. Uh, we had AM and FM and uh, and he was able to screw up all of the, <laughs> he was able to make sure that all of those stations stayed down um, it, with the exception of, of two that were profitable. So, I mean, how do you have five radio stations and manage just to screw up the format? I mean, he would change from sports format to comedy to, I mean, just, it was just ridiculous. But anyway, neither here nor there. Not there anymore. We're, we're on the podcast where we can do anything we want to, right? So I popped out and a listener was there picking up tickets for one of the FM stations. And as I came by, Lisa, the secretary said, uh, Hey, Christy, don't forget your mail. And I said, I'll be right back. And when I popped back in, the listener went, are you Christy Lynn Hanshi? And I went, yes. And they said, oh, my gosh, I listened to you, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh, my gosh, thank you so much. I am so grateful. Thank you. You're the one, you know. <laughs> thank you so much for listening to me. And, uh. It was then, as he started walking out, the general manager came up to me and said, you know, you're a bit loud, and I don't think it's necessary that you bring your you out here like this. There are other people working. And I said, okay, yes, ma'am. And went on about my business and went to do my shift the next day. And I went in remembering, you know, my, oh my goodness, don't, uh, oh, my phone dropped. Here we go. <laughs> Here it is. It's coming down. I think you can still hear me. And 
So I go ahead and go in here. I'm going to move it like this. I am. My husband said, oh, there we go, that we should do like a video. Like some people would like to see me as I'm doing this. I don't think anybody really wants to see me while I'm doing this. But, you know, I can I can make it. We're trying to to make it so you can see while I do it. But do you really want to know what I'm doing right now as I'm talking to you? <laughs> what I've got to do? Am I picking my teeth or anything like that? So I go in and that's in the back of my mind that. I'm not supposed to be me. I'm too loud. I'm too much. So I'm on the air and I'm doing my shift and I'm taking calls. And, you know, you've got days sometimes that your bosoms just don't feel right in your bra or your underwear just, it feels like you've got somebody else's underwear or somebody else was in it, you know, before you got in them. And I was having one of those days. And I had a quick three minute break. And I ran to the restroom and I went back there and pulled down my pants to look. And I was like, oh my gosh. Now, because I was young, I hadn't, I don't think I'd have my son yet. I mean, I wasn't young, but for talk radio, when the listeners are like 50 to 60 and I was 37, I was a hot babe <laughs> in my mind. Okay. In my mind. And I thought, you know, I should be wearing a pretty, pretty lacy bra with matching thong underwear. You know, I'm hip hop and hot, <laughs> super sexy, vibrant. Yeah. So I belonged in thong underwear. That could not be further from the truth. I don't know if you've ever seen thong underwear or have you worn it. I had absolutely no business in the world wearing thong underwear. And then it was backwards. That was the message here, people. It was backwards. So it was cutting up. I mean, you get what I'm saying, right? It was absolutely miserable. So I real quickly you know, kicked off my shoes, pulled my pants down, turned my underwear around, and still wasn't that comfortable, but it was way more comfortable than that little, that little string going up the wrong way, and I popped everything back together, ran back, you know, washed my hands and everything, and then ran back and made my break, and I was a little bit winded, and I had to explain to the, to the listeners, because, you know, it, radio to me is theater of the mind. So if I sit there and say, you know, I've got Ethel, which I did have playing the drums and she was sitting with me and I had Lucy and I had all these, you can tell I'm a fan of Lucy, but I had all these people when I would play music saying, ah, Ethel's on the drums. There's Lucy on the maracas. So I would create in my mind, I guess this is why nobody came to visit me for the year I was down. But in my mind, it was happening. So if it was happening in my mind, it was happening for you. Because I know a lot of people, when you're listening to the radio, sometimes it's like this illness. You get lonely and you just want to be taken away. You don't always want to be reminded about the friggin' pain or the bills that have to be paid. You want to be taken away. So that person on the other end of that radio becomes your friend. And that's kind of what I hope maybe 
I'm doing with you now. I hope, you know, maybe giving you an outlet, giving you a little bit of laughter or something during the day. But I, I, I do. I think, I mean, I just love radio. Now, gosh, I love television, but I just, I just thought radio was just, wow. You know, they could do so much back in the Jack Benny days and all that, you know, with all the sound effects. So to me, it's just an incredible medium and I love it. So to be able to share this with you is such, it it truly is all I, I wanted to do. And when it was taken away from me, it killed me. And now that I've been given the opportunity to do something with you via podcasting, that's just awesome to me. I, it's, it's just, it's just truly awesome to me. And that's the way I felt when I was in radio. So I came back and I said, I am so sorry. I said, I'm out of breath. I said, my apologies. And then I explained the issue and I told them, you know, what I had done. And then I continued my shift. And then, uh, the next day I came in and, you know, I was there before everybody else, you know, and it it was 9 a.m. I'd already been there three hours, and I was on the air, and people had said, Christy, have you seen Larry Bonko's column? Larry Bonko was the guy. He was the guy that if you made his column, wow. You know, like, like was it Hedda Hopper or whatever back in the days? Or was it Hedda Hopper? Hedda Lamar? Hedda Hopper? Yeah, I think, you know, boy, I'm showing my age. But, uh, yeah, when you could make their column. Or Walter Winchell. Oh, gosh, I'm going even deeper here. But for those of you too young, look it up. And uh, Andy Rooney. No, but he wouldn't be the one you'd want to make his column. But, yeah, Walter Winchell announcing Lucy's pregnancy and all that stuff. But that was the thing in Norfolk. You wanted to make Larry Bonko's column. And everybody's like, you made it. You made it. And I'm like, what? I don't know. Because I was in so early that I didn't, you know, get to see any of the newspapers or anything like that. And when everybody started coming in about 9 o'clock, I heard, you know, I went to take my break at the top of the hour. And... The station owner was there with his ex-wife, the general manager, and they were all talking, the program director. And I walked in, and they just suddenly went quiet. And he came up to me and patted me on the back and was like, that a girl, way to go. You did it. My announcement that I was wearing my underwear backwards made the column. It promoted our radio station. It gave out the call letters. It said when I was on, it talked about my show. He said, I will listen to anyone that just pops stuff out of their mouth and I never know what they're going to say. He said, do you think I really want to listen to somebody selling vacuum art? (laughs) He said, I am grateful to hear whatever comes out of this young lady's mouth. And I'll be tuning in each and every blah, 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 blah. And I looked at the general manager, said ex-wife, and just looked at her while she, I don't know, she 
just just gave me a look. She couldn't really say anything. She she's like, "That's just wonderful, Christy. I I know you're such a great support for our stations and blah blah blah." But it was never mentioned to me again. My down hominess or my unsophisticated style or whatever, because all the money that they were spending for advertising, everything that they were doing to promote their failing stations. And I go on and announce that I'm wearing my underwear backwards. And that got them more more publicity and pretty much made them leave me alone. And I was able to pretty much write my own ticket from that point then and there. And I mentioned all of this because that is just like this fascial remodeling. Now, not every show is going to be about fascia. And, you know, I, I've pretty much just gone on to, you know, just wanting to share with you. This is like my diary. This is my daily blog, I guess, uh, of just letting you know what's happening in life. And just to let you know, screw them. If somebody wants to complain because you mentioned that your boobs fit in your dress and your husband got you a nice dress and they had asked you about the jumper, the outfit you were wearing, screw them. You don't maybe fit in with somebody in an office atmosphere or because of this illness, you feel like you don't belong. Screw everybody. You are unique. You're an AWOL zebra. You are creating your own path. It's those idiots that haven't come to visit you. It's those idiots that don't understand what you are feeling. I do. There are other people out here like you. You're not alone. And that is why it is so important to me that, you know, as far off as this is, my husband and I, I mean, we're on it. I don't quite know how it's going to work, but we're working on the AWOL Zebra Foundation. I know this is all far-fetched, maybe, but it's it's in my heart, and there has to be a reason why this illness was given to me, and I'm trying to make sense of it. But we've got the AWOL Zebra Foundation starting. We're, we're trying to do that so we can, I don't know, do something to try to help people, anything. And then, you know, people have asked for T-shirts and little car decals and things like that. So we're in the process of uh, having having the AWOL Zebra logo official, officiated, official, whatever you want to say. My phone just keeps going up and down. Here we go. <laughs> it's like I'm talking. Blah, blah, blah. But this really is near and dear to my heart. And AWOL Zebra was just something I started from the bed and it's something I can continue from the bed but it's something I can now share and I have tried everything I've tried the surgeries I've tried the medications I've listened to the doctors I've done those PT exercises from EDS specialist I did the Jenny DeBond stuff it did not work because my fascia was so screwed up. 
Now, the adhesions that I just had ripped off my pelvic floor were brutal. But for the first time, I am standing. I, I'm like, oh my gosh, this is what I can now find the balance in my feet, which was something that the EDSPT kept trying to get me to do. And I could never do it because I, I mean, I, I just was so discouraged because I couldn't find my balance. I was standing in the shower this morning and I went, oh my gosh, this is what it feels like to have even pressure on the front and the back of your feet. And I've got to figure this out. And it's, it's incredible to me because all the instructions in the world, all the exercises in the world were not going to help me until those adhesions were released so my body could heal and I could start feeling the way it's supposed to feel. So this is all very exciting to me because I get to share this with you. But I also, I feel a little lost because I don't have anybody to share this with that's gone through it. So I don't know, you know, I'm, I'm like, this is just incredible. But that is why I ask you to work on your fascia before it stops working for you. Because when it gets to the point mine was, trust me, you don't want it being ripped off the bone. It hurts. It truly hurts. And all of the comorbidities, I guess, that I had or have, you know, the dry eye, the endometriosis, the muscle spasms, the POTS, the MACS or MCAS, whatever that is, the brain, and no disrespect, I'm not being disrespectful to it. I just know it's MACS or MCAS. Um, I mean, I just, I mean, I've got it. You know, there you go. The brain fog, the fatigue, all of this stuff, the, the gastric issues, all of this stuff are problems that I've had, but I did not know that they were HEDS related. And I never got the chance to learn how to live in my body with HEDS before it stopped me. So now I'm trying to learn how to live and accept because I, I read about everybody talking about the fatigue, the, the chronic f fatigue, the brain fog and all of that. And so far, by only sticking with the fascial remodeling, I am feeling those effects of the comorbidities, you know, the, the POTS, the, the muscle spasms, the muscle spasms, especially because my legs, my, I asked my husband, when's the last time you held my legs down? He's like, yeah, I haven't had to do that in a while. The constant chronic pain, the fatigue, the dry I'm still working on. I feel like I'm doing one of those Sally Struthers. And you're going, who's Sally Struthers? I'm sure she was the voice of Pebbles and the Flintstones. And she was the daughter on All in the Family and did those commercials going, ah, get your certificate for dental assistant, vet tech, mechanic, air conditioning repair specialist. So that's what I feel like I'm doing as I'm going down my list of comorbidities. But they have truly eased up. It's, it's been, I mean, they have. They have, uh, the, they're not completely gone. Everything's not completely gone. But 
I am feeling the relief. And the only thing that I am doing is fascial remodeling. So that's why I ask you to please work on your fascia. I'm sorry to keep repeating it before it stops working for you. Now, what is happening is my body's in pain right now, but it's a different kind of pain. My body, because of the adhesions, the blood wasn't flowing properly. Things weren't working properly. My, you know, body parts weren't moving right. I had no movement in my arms or my legs. You know, I had restricted movement, right? And my fascia is now being woken up. It's awakening. It's coming back to life. So the pain that I am feeling is new blood flow. I am feeling nerves and everything come to life. And it's painful because they've been so asleep for so long. They've been dormant. And I just want to share this with you because it's an incredible experience. And oh my gosh, did you see that? Rod Stewart, Sir Rod Stewart was at a party the other night and he saw this woman in a wheelchair and he went up and he was talking to her and he found out that someday she's in a wheelchair, someday she's not. This is in the UK. And he found out she has EDS. So he paid for her to send her to the, to the United States to go get this surgery that only is known in the United States to help her walk again. Call me, Sir Rod. I need to know, first of all, what surgery she's going to have done. Because, first of all, surgeries are the number one enemy for me because those adhesions from my pelvic floor, from my C-section. Now, granted, my son had to come out somehow, but... <laughs> he wasn't coming out the, the other way, so he had to come out, and I wasn't coughing him up, so, you know, I had to have that, but had I known about fascia remodeling 12 weeks after my C-section scar had been opened, I would have started fascial remodeling, and they would have been bubblegum, as I'm snapping my fingers, little bubblegum pops, instead of tears off of my bone so i need to know sir rod call me i'm sure he will <laughs> he listens he listens every day <laughs> i mean hot legs i've got 36 inches of them i'm sure that was about me and then uh maggie may i'm sure it could be wake up christy i think i've got something to say to you yes christy lynn maggie may i mean i'm sure he was thinking about me and I did dedications when I was in uh, regular radio to Tonight's the Night, go figure that one out, on many occasion, you know. So, I mean, if, if he'd like to donate to the AWOL Zebra Foundation so we could start get, making fascial remodeling available to one and all, I mean, if he's going to pay for this woman that he just met to go have surgery done, first of all, I need to know because she's coming to the U.S., my land of the living, to have a surgery done that's only available in the U.S. to help her walk again? What? 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 What surgery is that? I need to know because there was no surgery for me. I am... I've had the surgeries that made me worse. So I need to know what she's having done. And I'm looking forward. Oh, is my phone ringing? It might be Sir Rod. I don't know. Just hold my calls till I'm done 
with the podcast, Sir Rod. <laughs> but seriously, wouldn't that be cool if we could get someone to die? I mean, if he's willing to write a check and take care of this one, that's good. I mean, more power to her, you know? I don't get the opportunity to go to wing ding events and, you know, get anybody of <laughs> that stature to notice me. So more power to her. But what in the heck? And what kind of surgery is she going to have? And it's in the United States. It's probably right in, in Virginia. And it's probably some incredible thing that I never knew about. But so far, I have been able to manage with fascial remodeling. And I want you to as well. I want it covered by insurance. That's why I, I'm trying so hard to spread the word. So if you can, tell your friends. If you know Sir Rod, just give him a number. And let's try to make this a regular modality that's covered by insurance. Let's get this illness covered. Let's get this illness more studied. Let's get fascia more accepted as a way of being the root cause of our pain. Together, we can do that. And you know what? We couldn't and wouldn't be talking about this right now if I was some wallflower sitting over there in the corner keeping quiet like the general manager ex-wife wanted me to be. So don't let anybody make you feel like you don't belong because you belong more than any daggone buddy and you're worth it. Start working on your fascia before it stops working for you. Christy Lynn Hanchi, AWOL Zebra. I sincerely thank you so much for taking the time to listen and share this time with me today. Have a lovely day.